Pizza. Pizza? Pizza. Hunger for some pizza now? Yeah, that's what we thought. Get yours at Domino's Hawaii. We deliver aloha. This podcast is sponsored by Kapili Solar Roofing, building peace of mind one roof at a time. Kids City Adventure, Hawaii's only indoor luxury playground. And Long's Drugs. Download the CVS app today and make Long's a part of your day. Aloha, good afternoon, and thank you for watching This Is Now. We begin today with a travel advisory. If you're flying to or from Kona, you may want to check in with your airlines. Runway repairs are causing some significant delays across the state. Here's what we know so far. Hawaiian Airlines alone is reporting a handful of delays and cancellations. At least five flights between Kona and Honolulu were canceled, and many more are running behind schedule, including other airlines we know of at least 15 cancellations in total. All of this is because overnight runway repairs didn't go as planned. The DOT says the runway was supposed to open at 6 a.m. and then they pushed that back to noon because of equipment malfunctions and the asphalt needed more time to cool. Then they anticipated reopening it at noon, but we just got word that that is now set for 1 p.m. due to a delay in an delivery of an asphalt load. Now, of course, this is causing a domino effect for flights. Hawaiian Airlines is offering passengers travel waivers if they are flying to Kona. You may remember last month, a massive crack in the asphalt forced an emergency closure and repair of the airport's only runway. Last night's work is a result of continued improvement at the facility. It was set to continue for two weeks, but now the DOT says they will be reassessing with the contractor before resuming the work. We will have more on this coming up in later editions of Hawaii News Now. Two men have been charged in a shooting in Kalihi Valley. 22-year-old Zacharias Gaulua and 21-year-old Raider Misioka have been charged with second-degree attempted murder. The victim told police he was sitting in his car a little before 7 Saturday night when he was approached by the armed suspects. And according to police sources, one of the men shot into the victim's car, narrowly missing the 30-year-old. They each have their bail set at $150,000. The trial of alleged crime boss Mike Miski resumed Monday after a week-long break due to a juror's illness. But after another juror missed a flight yesterday morning, there was only time for one witness. That was a former romantic partner of Wayne Miller, Miski's so-called right-hand man, who previously testified about drug deals, assaults, and kidnappings. The trial is set to continue today. The official debate on legalizing recreational marijuana started today. State lawmakers are discussing two bills. SB 3335 would establish the Hawaii Cannabis Authority and allow adults to use cannabis recreationally by the year 2026. Companion Bill SB 686 would decriminalize and regulate small amounts of cannabis for personal and recreational use. A broad range of state and county leaders oppose legalization, including the police chiefs of Maui and Kauai counties who worked in Nevada when cannabis became legal there seven years ago. Meanwhile, nurses from Kapi'olani Medical Center who staged a strike last month were at the state capitol on Monday testifying before lawmakers on proposed changes for work standards. Hospital managers opposed the nurses' push for mandated patient ratios. Bill is bad for our state from an access to care and cost perspective. Mandatory ratios will affect healthcare organizations' ability to provide services, resulting in delays. Mandated staff-to-patient ratios add more complexity, 
They do not take into account severity of illness and individual patient needs. They do not produce more nurses and they create barriers to care. The people that are opposed to it are management because they're concerned about the money when we're concerned about the patients and patient safety and nurse safety. There is no actual true nursing shortage as they are telling you, it's burnout. It's because of unsafe staffing ratios. We are tired. We are stretched too thin. Hawaii Pacific Health says it's been negotiating a new contract for Kapiolani nurses since last fall and remains open to a deal despite the recent strike. The three relatives charged in the death of a 10-year-old girl in Wahiwa made their initial appearance in court yesterday. As our Daryl Huff reports, we learned the family is expecting another child. Calling case number four, Deborah Giron. All three suspects, Deborah Garan, her daughter Brandy Blass, and Blass's husband, Thomas Blass Sr., are charged with multiple counts and held without bail because prosecutors said the death by injury and neglect of 10-year-old Gianna Bradley was especially heinous, atrocious, or cruel, manifesting exceptional depravity. The defendants asked for lower bail of $500,000, calling the charges mere allegation, and Brandy Blass added to her argument that she's pregnant. The Department of Public Safety has policies and procedures that require them to give her adequate care. Just because they have the ability to treat her at OCCC doesn't mean they can provide the best care, and the best care would be with the, um, the doctor she's currently seeing. The judge said no, but it was an ironic request, given that among the allegation is that Gianna Bradley died because she wasn't getting any medical care at all, despite numerous obvious injuries and was essentially neglected and starved to death. I'm shocked. This happened again, and it's unacceptable. We should be looking uh, at the Department of Education and the Department of Human Service to have maybe better trainings to spot the spot the clues. Lawmakers passed what they called Ariel's Law two years ago to do that, but it was vetoed by Governor Ige. Wahiwa Senator Donovan Delacruz said the state told him they don't have jurisdiction over children in guardianship. He says maybe that should change. The state would still have some kind of jurisdiction post-adoption or post-legal guardianship. So that bill is still alive from last year. Hopefully we can get something passed that we can work with DHS. Senator Delacruz says the quickest solution is for everyone to be on the lookout for signs of abuse and report it. The suspects are scheduled to be back in court Wednesday. Daryl Huff, Hawaii News Now. Now yesterday, Child Welfare Services reiterated in a statement that social workers do not continue making visits after the Child Protective Act case is closed and the child is no longer in foster care. And Gianna was not in foster care. She was placed with the family under legal guardianship. There's growing pressure on House Speaker Mike Johnson to take up a foreign aid bill for Ukraine, Israel and the Indo-Pacific after the Senate passed the measure with significant bipartisan support. Natalie Brand has more. President Biden is urging the House to take up the bipartisan foreign aid bill hours after the Senate passed it with major bipartisan support. Let the full House speak its mind and not allow a minority of most extreme voices in the House to block this bill even from being voted on. 22 Republicans joined Democrats to approve the measure following an all-night session. The bill, as amended, passes. It includes $95 billion in aid for Ukraine, Israel, and the Indo-Pacific. America led the way for freedom and democracy. The issue has divided GOP lawmakers. This is about whether we spend it across the ocean 
or whether we spend it in our country. This legislation would send a strong message to Putin that his goal of capturing free democratic nations will not be allowed to succeed. Where the bill goes from here remains unclear. The House Speaker says he won't consider a security package that does not include the southern border. We have to do our job. Speaker Mike Johnson stood his ground on his way to the House chamber. National security against the border security. We have said that all along. That has been my comment since late October. Is my comment today. Provisions to boost border security had to be stripped from the bipartisan Senate bill last week after a growing number of GOP lawmakers, including Speaker Johnson, said they did not go far enough. Natalie Brandt, CBS News, Capitol Hill. A judge has dismissed lawsuits filed against Harvard in connection with the stolen body parts scandal, saying the university is not liable for the actions of the employee in question. Michael Rosenfield spoke to one of the family members affected by this scandal. It's just not fair. It's not fair for the families that are now suffering through all this. It's very emotional. Paula Peltanovich says she was told her dad, whose body was donated to Harvard for medical research, is one of the victims of the morgue scandal. To know somebody bought something of my father's or multiple things of my father's, I want that back, you know. Harvard's morgue manager, Cedric Lodge, is accused of selling body parts from donated cadavers. He's facing several criminal charges in the case, as are people who trafficked in those body parts. Families of the victims were hoping a lawsuit filed against Harvard would hold the university accountable. But this ruling from a judge on Monday dismissed all lawsuits against the school. How can Harvard just get away with this? I just don't understand. In the decision to dismiss the civil case against the school, the judge said Harvard is immune as it acted in good faith and it's not liable for the alleged misconduct of its employee. Harvard gets basically a get out of jail free card. No, no responsibility for what happened in its morgue with the remains entrusted to it. Catherine Barnett is one of the attorneys representing the families. She says Harvard turned a blind eye to what was happening in the morgue and she says she's profoundly disappointed in the judge's ruling. To be a ruling that gives every school out there carte blanche to let to just let criminals run wild in their morgue. And so long as you don't look, you're scot-free. Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley is facing an uphill battle in the state of South Carolina, where she used to be governor. A new CBS News poll shows Donald Trump has a commanding lead there. But Haley is doubling down on her criticism of the former president as he takes his immunity claim case to the highest court in the nation. Skylar Henry has more. It's so good to be home. GOP presidential hopeful Nikki Haley's bus tour is circling her home state of South Carolina Tuesday with a message for voters. We need y'all to get out and we need you to keep faith. Haley responded to the news that former President Donald Trump wants his daughter-in-law to co-chair the Republican National Committee. Think about what's happening right now. Is that how you're going to try and take an election? A new CBS News poll shows Trump pulling 35 points ahead in the Palmetto State. He's still ramping up his personal attacks, the latest targeting Haley's husband deployed overseas. What happened to her husband? Where is he? He's gone. He's completely unhinged. If you mock one person in the military, you're mocking everybody in the military. 
On the legal front, Trump's attorneys have asked the Supreme Court to hit pause on a lower court's ruling, rejecting his claim of presidential immunity following his actions leading up to the U.S. Capitol riot on January 6th. The justices have given special counsel Jack Smith a week to respond to Trump's request before they make a consideration. Billions for campus improvements, grants, and debt relief. The Biden-Harris campaign released a new digital ad appealing to black voters, touting historic HBCU investment. But comedian Jon Stewart zeroed in on some numbers neither Biden nor Trump can escape. They are the oldest people ever to run for president, breaking by only four years the record that they set. <laughs> Polls have shown many Americans aren't interested in a 2020 rematch. Skyler Henry, CBS News. Washington. And the special election to replace ousted Republican Congressman George Santos is underway. Voters in New York's 3rd District are braving the elements to cast their ballots. The competitive election will provide an early glimpse into the 2024 political environment. The race pits Nassau County legislator Mazi Palip, a Republican, against former Representative Tom Suzy, a Democrat. The winner will fill the seat left vacant after Santos was expelled from Congress. The House of Representatives overwhelmingly decided to expel him last year after he was indicted on a slew of federal charges, including identity theft, money laundering, and theft of public funds. In that case, Santos has pleaded not guilty. Fists flew about an hour into a Southwest flight from Oakland, California to Kauai Monday morning. No word on what sparked the altercation. The flight arrived on time and passengers and flight attendants pulled the two men apart on flight 1288. I heard yelling, screaming and punches. I turned around and saw uh, one man bleeding and then the other man being separated. Frankly, I was a little nervous because we're at 35,000 feet and you've got two guys swinging at each other which makes no sense whatsoever. The State Department of Law Enforcement says sheriffs did not respond. Kauai police have not responded to our questions. Flight attendants from several airlines are joining forces and walking picket lines today at various airports across the nation. They're calling for better wages and new contracts. On what's being called the Worldwide Flight Attendant Day of Action, Thousands of flight attendants joined picket lines at some 30 airports. They, of course, are calling for pay raises and better working conditions. As many as 60,000 from across three different unions are taking part. Many of those marching today have not had a pay raise in over five years. Some of those carriers affected by today's actions include American Airlines, United Airlines, Southwest, and Alaska Air. Flight attendants are also urging an end to the industry practice of not compensating them for the time spent during boarding and waiting at the airport in between flights. Delta is the only airline that pays its flight attendants during boarding time. Today's marchers say it's time to get back to the bargaining table and get new contracts on the books. Well, here at United, we are asking for a serious talk at the table. All the airlines are asking for that. Today we have representative of over 30 different airlines and 100,000 flight attendants worldwide that are fighting for better working conditions and better pay. Some of these airlines have not had a new contract in over five years. As we all know, prices are up and our wages are not competing with that. The companies are making hand over fist and we just want our piece of the pie. Some employees are also picketing here in Honolulu at the Daniel K. Inouye International Airport.
It's almost Valentine's Day and love is in the air, especially at the checkout counters. Consumers are expected to spend big bucks on their Valentine this year, setting some records in the process. Ivan Rodriguez has a look at the numbers. True love is priceless, but this Valentine's Day, Twitter-pated consumers are showing their affection with some big spending, according to the National Retail Federation. Consumers are expecting to spend around $25.8 billion this year, which is on par with last year and the third highest we've seen in our survey's history. That breaks down to a whopping $185 per person. The NRF's Catherine Cullen says their survey also found in 2024 love is in the air. This year, consumers are really focusing on the romantic aspects of the holiday. They're spending record amounts on significant others and really prioritizing gifts like jewelry or an evening out. Despite new federal data released Tuesday showing inflation continuing to cool year over year in January, that evening out or box of chocolate may still be pricey. We look at food away from home. That is up more than other cost categories. And so is candy. Price of sugar uh, has really been up all around the globe. But Bankrate's Mark Hamrick says even if inflation remains a little sticky this Valentine's Day, a strong economy will make the road ahead just a little bit sweeter for everyone. The economy in the United States has remained not only more robust than expected, but it's been the star performer compared to our would-be peers all around the globe. That's something for Americans to celebrate. We want to bring you some breaking news just into our newsroom. Yeah, Honolulu police have just activated a Miley Amber alert. Take a look at your screen. These two boys, 11-year-old William Wise Pu'u and Raymond Wise Pu'u, 10 years old, were last seen with their Hanai father, 54-year-old Shane Santos, on Sunday, February 11th at around 11.40 a.m., leaving their Kalihi home. Now, HPD believes the children may be in danger. They were last seen leaving in a gray-colored Odyssey van with license plate JSB920. Again, a Miley Amber alert has been issued for these two boys and their Hanai father. Please call HPD with any tips. We're going to post this flyer on our website and social media accounts so you can refer to them. Yeah, Ashley, this is quite urgent. As we know, we have had very few Miley Amber alerts actually triggered. In previous situations like this, HPD says a very specific criteria must be met in order for the Miley Amber alert to be triggered. Uh, the the big takeaway is that the children, they have to believe, are in immediate danger. And we just got this in from Honolulu police a few minutes ago. Once again, keep an eye out for a vehicle, Gray Honda Odyssey, the license plate JSB 920. The suspect in this case, Shane Santos. Police are looking for those two young boys. We are going to continue gathering more details on this, but for now, we need to take a quick break. Let's send things live outside to Waikoloa on Hawaii Island. Stay with Hawaii News Now. We'll be right back.
How's it on this Tuesday? The light winds continue and they'll likely persist through tomorrow. And then as that front drops in, you're going to see more clouds, more showers on Thursday, and then we'll get stronger winds as well. It's going to be uh, quite chilly after that. Now this morning, we got a weak front that's moving through. So there are a few uh, minor splashes, but overall you can still see it's relatively dry. And those winds will be running slow again today. They'll run slow through tomorrow before they pick up once that front moves through. So it's going to be a nice day today with lots of sunshine, especially early, but we'll likely see a few minor splashes from that weak front. Really not a lot of rain expected today, although the, with those light winds, we could see some afternoon clouds, which could spawn a few late day showers into the early evening, but they won't amount to much. So it's pretty small today. It's likely that the Hurley Pro at Sunset Beach is off. Uh, hopefully they'll see more waves after this next large swell. This extra large swell is due on Thursday. High surf alerts will be posted, but it will likely be stormy and that's why the eddy has been called off for that swell. So we'll see some fairly calm weather through Valentine's Day and as that front moves in, the winds will start to shift. So we'll get southwest corner winds tomorrow and then northerly winds on Thursday as that front moves in with more scattered showers. Not expected to be a big rain event. Although you can see those winds, they'll begin picking up speed. It's going to be quite breezy going into the weekend and once that front moves through, temperatures will really get uh, sort of chilly. Well, we hope you got your molasadas and are ready to party. Today is Mardi Gras, which is French for Fat Tuesday. It's a day of debauchery ahead of the restrictions of Lent. In the U.S., massive celebrations with parades, street parties, masked balls, and other events are held in New Orleans and Mobile, Alabama. They're also held internationally in Venice, Rio de Janeiro, and elsewhere in what's called Carnival. Fat Tuesday always lands 47 days before Easter and a day before Ash Wednesday. And there is so much excitement surrounding Mardi Gras, especially in New Orleans. NBC's Sam Brock is down in the Big Easy with more. It is officially Fat Tuesday, Mardi Gras in New Orleans. Do I need to say any more? That evokes so many images, not just for people living in the greater New Orleans area and the state of Louisiana, but all over the country and all over the world. I'm standing right now in this warehouse in front of the Rex floats. Rex, of course, being king of carnival. This is the oldest parading organization that is connected with Mardi Gras. One of the incredible things about it is that there are six iconic floats, but then 20 of them are replaced every single year. This one right here is the festive, speaking to a particular mythology or narrative. That is, in fact, a cockroach on the very top. Look at the level of detail involved as well, just down to the golden fringes of the flowers. That's just one float. We talk about the cuisine creole. How do you not like this one celebrating New Orleans food history from crabs to flounder all the way on the other side is my favorite personally, the gumbo. And the amount of effort and time that goes into each one of these floats is about an entire months of work all done 20 times over for all of these floats. The event itself, the parade of course, starts at 10.30 local, goes for about four hours. It's a five mile route right through the heart of New Orleans cultural touchstone, St. Charles Avenue. We're talking about majestic mansions, oak trees, and all of those families lining the streets where the oldest streetcar in the country goes right through. The perfect convergence of all these incredible elements of New Orleans all on display for this epic celebration. In New Orleans, Sam Brock, NBC News.
We want to recap the breaking news that just came into our newsroom a short time ago. As you can see in that uh, title bar right there, police have issued a Miley Amber alert and they are searching for two boys. Ash, what do we know about them so, so far? So they're looking for 11-year-old William Wise Pu'u and 10-year-old Raymond Wise Pu'u. Police say they were last seen with their Hanai father, 54-year-old Shane Santos, on Sunday at around 11.40 a.m. leaving their Kalihi home. HPD believes that the children may be in danger. Why this? That's why this alert has gone on. And the the group was last seen leaving in a gray colored Odyssey license plate JSB nine two zero. We are working to gather more details as this just came into our newsroom. Be sure to stick with Hawaii News now on your mobile app and on our website for the very latest. This podcast is sponsored by Kapili Solar Roofing, building peace of mind one roof at a time. Kids City Adventure, Hawaii's only indoor luxury playground, and Long's Drugs. Download the CVS app today and make Long's a part of your day. Pizza. Pizza? Pizza. Hungry for some pizza now? Yeah, that's what we thought. Get yours at Domino's Hawaii. We deliver aloha.